Well, good evening uh, once again, everyone. This is Dr. Robert Marks, a retired professor from the University of Miami Miller School of Medicine. The podcast for this evening, I've entitled Abortion and Objective Analysis. And I begin by reminding you that the title of this podcast series is Controversies in Our World. Perhaps nothing is more controversial than abortion. It has divided our nation, greatly influenced our elections, and confounded even our Supreme Court. I suspect the first response to this podcast will come from both sides, because I'm sure it will um, insult both sides at one time and support it at another time. That is, how can a man possibly understand and opine on a woman's reproductive rights? I imagine that would be the first uh, challenge, if you will. And then how can a 77-year-old male relate to the sanctity of life when he is at the last phase of his own life? Actually, that's just my point. I and this podcast can look to both polarized sides of the abortion issue in a dispassionate and neutral, objective manner, devoid of the bias and the prejudice that each side has embraced and has dug their heels in. So perhaps I can approach it from a more neutral perspective without the prejudice that is inherent in the uh, opinionated views of each side. Okay, that is just a problem with the abortion issue in general. The sanctity of life extremists advocate a ban on all abortions, even in rape or incest victims, and in those cases where the mother's life is truly threatened, or there is conclusive evidence of a fetus with a serious genetic disease or deformity that would create a burden on the family and create a dismal existence for the child. One can see that argument as being somewhat valid. On the other side of the debate, though, the pro-abortion extremists advocate abortion of a viable and healthy unborn child up to and even during the birthing process that has come to be known as partial birth abortions. A very clever terminology, I would say, to basically uh, commit infanticide. So the pro-abortion extremists and the pro-life extremists are so committed and so loud in their respective advocacies that they've actually hijacked the abortion discussion and have shouted down any voice of reasonable compromise. And if there's ever an issue that needed compromise, it is probably this one. Many of their respective peaceful protests have even resulted in out-of-control property damage and even loss of life, and that's from both sides. Each extremist fails to realize that the passion of their belief and the volume of their argument has really nothing to do with the validity and accuracy of it. So they substitute validity and and real data uh, for volume more than uh, a cogent argument. So if as promised, this podcast looks at the abortion issue from a neutral perspective, it must recognize that a woman should have the right to terminate an unwanted and forced pregnancy from rape or incest. It should also recognize a woman's right to to terminate a pregnancy where medical science, as imperfect as it can be, determines that the woman's life is truly endangered or the developing fetus carries a probable risk of a genetic syndrome, such as mucoviscidosis, also known as cystic fibrosis, or a developmental deformity seriously affecting the quality of life, such Uh, as Mongolism or something even worse like the Tetralogy of Hello and many others that we know about. 
From this perspective, these elements are known early in the pregnancy so that an abortion can be accomplished before the fetus becomes fully developed and basically becomes what we would term an unborn child. So this is doable is what I'm saying. However, with any right comes a responsibility. The Second Amendment to our Constitution gives U.S. citizens the right to bear arms, but does not give them the right to murder innocent, defenseless citizens. That is just it, an abuse of that right and crime. Somewhere along the continuum of the usual nine-month pregnancy, the fetus becomes an unborn child. We can argue what time that is, but I think that's where compromise needs to come uh, to solve this and abortion issue so it doesn't continue to divide our country as deeply as it has. The unborn child in the uterus womb of a mother at the seventh month of pregnancy is no more or no less dependent on the mother than at one month of age after it is born, nor even at one year after it is born. The only real difference is the child's location. Is it intrauterine or extrauterine? So people need to consider that. So the, there's nothing magic in the birth process that connotes life. It is just a transition from one location to another. Therefore, the key question of the abortion issue is when does life really begin? That is when, as in the right to bear arms, that is guns, and the utilization of that right, does the right of reproduction become also a tool of murder? Medicine imperfectly defines death as a cessation of a heartbeat for more than five minutes, and the American Heart Association's published critical time to begin CPR in a pulseless individual is five minutes. After five minutes, it's thought there is brain damage and heart damage that is irrecoverable. Perhaps it is useful then to use that same identification of a heartbeat and that the circulation for more than five minutes to define life. It would seem plausible if you define death in one way, you define life in the same manner. Today, brain function and its electrical activity has never been correlated adequately to life or death. So therefore, if we put the extremists aside, neither side would accept anything but their entrenched polar positions. Reasonable people should be able to accept the fact that a woman's right to control their reproduction prevails for the first four months in which pregnancies from rape, incest, a threat to the mother's life, and birth deformities can legitimately support an abortion. After four months, there's a fully developed unborn child in the uterus, not just a disorganized mass of fetal tissue. The development of the unborn child at four months is complete. From that point on, it is only a matter of growth. The physical act of birth is indeed a stress on the mother and the child and is arduous on both of them. However, there is no magical change of genetic potential, the anointing of any God-given right or the protection from harm inherent in the birthing process where the unborn child is transferred from inside the mother to outside. That would be a reasonable thing to begin with. To my understanding, a similar compromise has even been offered by Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. It seems to have been ignored due to the bias and prejudice from both sides, not even listening to the arguments that I have just uh, advanced. I myself am unfamiliar with the details of 
uh, Lindsey Graham's uh, bill, but it is one that certainly should be looked into. The alternative is to let the extremists continue to control the discussion and divide our nation and distract our attention from other issues also requiring compromise. Now, let me discuss the warnings from both sides. The pro-abortionists warn that a government that can take away a woman's reproductive right can take away other rights. That warning is true, but must be codified by the fact that a woman's reproductive right is not a right guaranteed in the U.S. Constitution. None of the Bill of Rights talk about a woman's right to have an abortion. And most pro-abortionists are dedicated even to the political party recommending taking away another right the Second Amendment to the Constitution, the right to bear arms. It seems that the Democratic Party and its left-wing uh, liberals are very supportive of one right, but not supportive of another. A bit of hypocrisy there. Nevertheless, their warnings must be at least considered. However, another even more dire warning must also be he uh, heeded. That is, that a government that can give you a right to an abortion can also mandate one. We don't generally think about that, but this warning should not be taken lightly. Whereas no right has been taken away as yet, this country has already experienced mandates related to the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes, mask mandates, social distancing mandates, vaccine mandates, and school closing mandates, all with restrictions and penalties for those people who were non-compliant. The word non-compliant got to be as much of a... Um, uh, an arrest accusation as anything else. With the world population now at 8 billion people as of February 2023, and then increasing by the known geometric progression in, and in the United States, which saw 2 million immigrants crossing the border, it is possible that the infrastructure and resources in our country needed to serve an exploding population and immigration cannot be met without family-sized control, either by penalties for families greater than two or a surtax on newborn children and other methods. Some of these methods have already been employed in overpopulated Asian countries, particularly China and particularly Japan, and even in Singapore. So if we open this Pandora's box. Can mandated abortions be fairer behind? We need to be careful what we wish for on both sides of this issue. Food for thought. Good night. And I hope you think seriously about some of the uh, comments and uh, arguments that I've made in this podcast. Thank you once again. <music>